0: Countdown. Three, two, one.
1: This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field.
0: On this episode of the Contracting Experience podcast, we sit down with Brian Morris, who is a Procurement Analyst for the Air Force Contracting Field Support Team. He talks about how the Air Force Contracting Field Support Team can help competitive acquisition teams through training and guidance on competitive selection strategies. He discusses the focus on speed and his advice on how teams can set themselves up for success in competitive acquisitions. I hope you enjoy the conversation and really consider how resources like Brian and some of our more experienced workforce can provide knowledge and perspective to the development of acquisition strategies. Hello, today we have on the podcast, Mr. Brian Morris, who is a procurement analyst providing field support to the contracting uh, career field out there on behalf of SAF AQC. Um, And he actually works out of Right Path, though, even though he works for SAF AQC, Um, Welcome to the podcast, Brian.
1: Thanks, Amber. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. So, when you and I first spoke, you mentioned that you are considered a gray beard in contracting. So, what or who is a gray beard, and what impact do gray beards have on the acquisition workforce?
1: Well, obviously, the term "gray" infers that it's its age and experience. So, uh, and like I think like I told you, I kind of pr- prefer the term, maybe a l- more inclusive term. Of being a gray matter expert rather than a gray beard. Okay. Uh, so so what a gray beard is basically is someone I, I think it's a combination both of experience and years because you can have a lot of experience in years and yet your accomplishments may not be you know as wide or as broad as some others. So I think it's a combination of, of years of experience and a, and a broad experience and I guess broad and deep. I mean I've had a, you know a lot of uh, a lot of experience and a lot of programs, and it just you, so. And, and most of us that it's part of our our team, our field support team, we're in the same position. Uh, multiple organizations, both private sector, public sector, etc. So, uh, as far as as an impact, I think what our, our impact is that that uh, what we can provide is is that experience. We've you know we've seen things that have, and believe it or not we don't really have to recreate everything from the start things have happened in the past that are really applicable to nowadays and so what the graybeards can do is that we are basically a resource to to anybody Uh, we are a resource because we can we've experienced things we can signal when things we see problems or issues we can teach people lessons learned from previous programs that can be beneficial to the program to help them as they see similar problems or even to help them basically I I like to think is avoid problems. Uh, We can foresee things say, you know, if you go this route, it's likely that you're going to end up like this. So if you do this, it'll be a a better outcome. So I think the impact is we provide that that resource, that look back and that experience that that teams can use, people can use to help them with their current issues, their current programs.
0: So you had mentioned you provide uh, field team support to acquisition workforce. Can you tell me a little bit about what that entails?
1: Okay, so the field support team uh, was originally designed, um, basically it, it goes back to, the, to the, the issues we've had several years ago in the Air Force with our source selection problems, where we had, uh, uh, after the fiasco of, of KCX and uh, combat rescue helicopter and some other less, less uh, public programs, um, we, were, we determined that there needs to be a cadre of people at SAF AQC that that take ownership of the source selection process. So the field support team was is that cadre. So some of our our, our functions are, um, again, the focus primarily on source selection. We, we provide training. Uh, we, so like I said, SAF AQC does own the source selection process and they own the training. So we, we've established a training program for teams. But, we also provide uh, other training and resources for, for team members. So we, we're at an individual or, or a team or locations beck and call should they want advice, not just training, but other advice on source selections or, or really any other acquisition matter for that you know, and for, that they would need to, to discuss with us. Um, so we're kind of, again, we are that, that cadre of people that, that is there to support the field, primarily source selection, but uh, you know, other functions as well.
0: So you had mentioned mentoring, providing training to teams. I mean, this could be on competition procedures using FAR 15 or 16.5 procedures. Um, with the focus on speed and agility in Air Force contracting, how are these methodologies addressed to acquisition teams?
1: Let's let's go back. I kind of touched on the last question. I, you know, I said that we had the the Air Force has had had in the past those issues on on those our major source selections, and and it got so bad uh, in the in the mid-2000s that Air Force actually lost their source selection authority. DOD took it away from us and, and because we were getting protests and we were losing protests. Mm-hmm. And it became so much as was symptomatic perhaps of, of other, of an overall issue within the Air Force, at least that's the way it was, it was viewed. So we started with that as a problem. We said, okay, ha, what, what is the issue with our source selections? And how can we solve this? Now this is both from a DoD and an Air Force level. So DoD came out in 2011 with the DoD source selection procedures. And that was kind of the first time, the Railroad was the first time that there was actually a standard process or methodology for source selections among all the departments, Army, Navy, Air Force, anyone else in the Department of Defense. So in 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 that, and they also they also establish a peer review process, which is okay. We have our process. And now we're going to take a, a review for the larger dollar programs over a billion dollars, and review those from our higher level to kind of look for are we following the procedures? How how's this all working? What are we you know to identify the problems early, and uh, and try to and ease them. So we started out with that, with that, uh, problem issue. We worked that. So we, in addition to that, we got together as a team, once we were uh, established at Air Force level to address the problem specifically uh, for the Air Force and decided one solution to that was to, to create a, a better train our workforce. So our first, first and foremost function, uh, is to provide that training like I mentioned earlier. So we provide both a just in time training, um, Two teams and we also provide training to individuals. Um, we try to identify those areas that are that are commonly good or commonly bad and avoid the bad things and incorporate the good things, i.e. we provide the lessons learned mm-hmm. from our experience and, and and one of our benefits of working on a peer review for instance, for example, is that uh, and, and I and my compatriots on the field sport team have worked numerous, numerous peer reviews. We see how other departments are, are, are working the source selection process. We've seen Navy contracts, we've seen Army contracts. I work Defense Intelligence Agency contracts, I work De- Defense uh, Health Agency contracts, I work DISA contracts, Defense Information Services Agency. So even though we have a DOD process, everybody does things differently. And there are, there are lessons learned that you can see from all of those, we can apply to our Air Force. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I see things we do in the Air Force well that I've passed on to Army, Navy, and and other agencies as they go through their source selection. So it's a it's a good sharing uh, concept. So so basically, I said like I said, we we've designed a training. So now we've come along to to you know the recent uh, ideas and concepts on streamlining, and uh, and so. What, we're, what we've done, and it's kind of interesting, because if you look at our, our training, what we've tried to emphasize, uh, we've emphasized this, the streamlining. and what, So I don't see a, a big difference in, in Dr. Roper's message today than what we're doing, is, have been doing. As a matter of fact, I think it really helps us to get our point across. Because we've, we've always said that, that speed is important. Now, early on we said speed kills, and speed can kill. But if you look at Dr. Roper's message, it's not, it's like speed with discipline. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think his it's, it's real, some of his statements he says, you know, going, going fast does not mean going sloppy. Mm-hmm. Or we will not sacrifice quality or discipline. And his other one is it takes a team to go fast. And those are all things that, that we that we even try to not only embed in our training, but pass on to the, to the members of the teams that you can go fast, but don't, don't go fast without thinking about what you're doing. So some of the things that we we found when so you go through and you look at between the between all members of the field support team we've literally looked at hundreds of source selections over the last few years, so we've kind of captured maybe I think things that certain teams share is, is what will a successful team look like and so just to go through these I, you know one is first do a good job of understanding and clearly clearly identifying your requirement I mean it sounds easy sounds simple a lot of teams don't do that. They really, they go on vague requirements. They haven't really done a lot of market research and they really haven't, haven't identified that requirement clearly. So that is that is like number one. Uh, two, and this is something we've always emphasized, and you'll see this in today's literature too, is simplify it, you know, simplify as much as possible. Don't keep your evaluation criteria to a minimum. Uh, only focus on the key elements. Don't make it too difficult because the more complexity you add, not only the more difficulty and the more work there is for the source selection evaluators, uh, it also leads to potential areas of conflict when you do get a protest. And it's not so much we're going to, you know, it's, we can't stop the protest process, but what we want to do is avoid a successful protest. Um, the other thing we found is that the successful teams have a strong team identity and a cohesive leadership. Now, those are areas a lot of people don't have control over, but if somehow you know you can keep that focus as a team and be cohesive as a team, they tend to work better. I've seen several dysfunctional teams and their product because of that became dysfunctional. So there is, I think a clear relationship between the leadership and the cohesiveness of the team and a the product they, they put out. Um, also teams need to make sure they take advantage of all the tools available to them. I mean, some teams will, will welcome, for instance, members of the field support team with open arms, and some people just want to, you know, push us aside. So, and it's not, it's not just us, I mean, you have your local ACE offices, your Acquisition Centers of Excellence, you have other people you can go to. I'd say, so teams that, that, that use those to the maximum extent possible seem to do a good job, because then again, they get the benefit of perhaps lessons learned or things they haven't thought of. They get the advantage of, of seeing things or having people look at things and, and, and catch things they've missed. Right. I mean, it's it's incredible how many times you'll see a team put together and work on something for months and months and months, and you'll sit in and read it and you go, where'd you come up with this? And it's like, wow, we missed that. I mean, we just missed it. It becomes maybe a group think or whatever. So um, and again, and 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 then finally it's just follow, you know, after you simplify the process, and then follow it. I mean, don't change it. Don't don't make sure you 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 evaluate the way you say you're going to evaluate, and and these have all I mean have always been the the uh, the methods to success. So, like I said, I think what we've emphasized kind of it goes pretty much a, a good flow with what Dr. Roper and AQ's message has been. In the Air Force is like, hey, we need we can do fast. We can run with scissors. I, I don't think you want to run with scissors in a dark room, <laughs> you know, with a lot of furniture. But you know, but but take that, take what what you have, and 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 go fast, but again, it's that it's that speed with discipline that, that is important, and I think, again, that's what we've always tried to emphasize, and now we have, I guess, I'd say a little more uh, support top cover to, to really emphasize that to the teams.
0: Right, well, kind of pulling on what you said about support for the teams, so I actually, prior to this job, I worked in simulators, and, and one of my teams was the C-17 Sims team, and we were going into, looking to go into source selection, FAR 15 procedures, they had, um, in the past, use FAR 15 procedures, but we actually had it you know, a vehicle in place to use FAR 16. So so we um, briefed up to leadership doing that, and um, credit to Miss Vicki Fry, who actually just retired, but um, she was the, the contracting lead for Agile Combat Support, and she actually really supported us doing that, even though this was for a, a lot bigger effort and it was gonna be something that um, they'd done on a, on a smaller scale, this is gonna be the first time on a more complex program in SIMS. And she was um, very supportive in doing that as long as we had thought through the process, kind of some of the things you talked about, understanding our requirement, um, making sure we knew what our factors were going to be. And then um, she made a good suggestion on put it into a flow chart, you know, like figure out what's gonna happen if you decide to go this way or that way, what, you know, how are you gonna do that? And use your evaluation procedures with that flow chart to be able to walk your team through that so you can say, well, if we get proposals in like this, this is what we're going to do. And I think it really helped Um, the team to figure out okay here are some areas where like you said we might they might have been so focused on we need to get this going and this is the direction we need to go into but then when you start looking through different scenarios and getting people on the outside saying well did you think about this did you think about that Um, that really helped them work through it uh, to be able to make a successful award in the end um, without a protest thankfully so
1: yeah, most definitely I mean that's a you made a couple of really good points One, one thing you just jogged my memory on is that you know we don't Strictly look at at the 15.3 far 15.3 source selections. Now we've also developed them some training, which is going to be if it's not posted already, it will be soon on on 16.5 fair opportunity and and you know a, a lot of folks at Wright Patterson since there's such a robust ACE office over there may not use us as much but where we've really found uh, uh, I guess a, a strong need is we go out to some of the operational places because they don't have that robust ace they don't have that support so we're, we're able to provide them you know, the, the there's a big air force out there, and you know, having grown up in Wright Patterson, I, I know that the the perception here is that you know this is the the, the mother church of, of acquisition and systems acquisition, the systems contracting. Whether you, you know we're talking about SMC or here is also the mother church. But when you have to some of these operations, it's, it's a big air force, and we've been able to train teams from you know like USAFE and PACAF and 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 a lot of places around the country. Some of these bases like Nellis and Minot and. Barksdale, so places where they they don't have that that support system, that support structure. Like I said, we are also we were we were looking at you know we've we've established this FAR sixteen point five package to, again. Recognize, the fact, that's an alternative. That if you've got these, we've got these big MAC IDIQ contracts out here, you know how to make awards off them, make them from a from a you know using again just like you said, think it through. I, I mean, I, I will tell you, it's amazing how many meetings I've sat in. Where people might be briefing, uh, even briefing a three or a four star, and he or she will ask them, "Why did you do this approach?" And the answer is, and it amazes me, is like, "Because that's the way we did it the last time." Right,
0: right. Now that might
1: be a great idea, but but when, the way you did it with the, the flow chart to work out the ideas, that means you thought out the process. The answer might have been the same. The answer might have been, "Yes, it makes sense to do it the way we did it the last time," but you need to have that thought process, that planning. Like I said earlier, the teams that do that are, are have. Technically, I mean, it will always be more successful than, than those that don't. So.
0: And so, for those those teams out there that uh, might be in a different command or might be on an operational base that doesn't have an, an ACE um, acquisition center of excellence, how do they get in touch with you, the field support team folks?
1: Yeah, there's a we have a you know if you go to a SAF AQC we have a. We have a, I mean, it's a, a, at, the, at the website, where there, there's a link through the AQCP. We're, we're under the policy division, AQCP. And you can see the, uh, not only you can, we're, we're actually gonna make more of our training material accessible to everyone uh, here shortly, which will be access to training material. And then, again, we are there to be called. I mean, we are basically, I guess, troubleshooters. What uh, part of our job is also to be troubleshooters. They can call any of us directly or email us uh, our contact information is up there. And, and if you have a question, we do, again, we do periodic training, on-site training sessions and, and uh, uh, DCS training sessions for uh, for not only just the, the Air Force trainers, but also team members. So we're there to support them. So they can just reach us through the AQC, uh, AQC website, the FAQC website. Okay.
0: And I can put that link in our show notes, too, so people can have Great. Yeah, easy access to, to that. So thank you. So there's, there's a quote that says, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So in this time of talks of acquisition reform and being more rapid and innovative, what is something acquisition professionals should remember from acquisition history?
1: And that, that's a good quote. It's the one that's well known. I, I like one that's a little better that I, that I like that, that Winston Churchill said. and It gets very similar, but he said, the farther back you can look, the farther forward you are likely to see. And, and, and I like that because this, I think, better captures what, what we see in DOD acquisition because typically uh, I think our tendency is to, we look back in shorter periods, say like four to eight years, perhaps based on the presidential election cycle because when a new administration comes in uh, they change the focus, they may change the how we're going to approach things, they may increase our funding, they may decrease our funding. So we seem to be attuned more to a, a shorter four to eight year cycle than looking way back. So uh, again, I, I think it's important that, that we do look back because the problems we have today, although the environment may be different, uh, the technology is different, uh, what we're buying may be a little different. Uh, are the basic acquisition procurement process hasn't changed since I've been here you know, in 44 years. I mean, I, I've lived through a lots of acquisition reform. I mean, I've seen it from, you know, gosh, back to the Packard Commission, which I wasn't around then, but it was, it was talked about then to things like total quality and zero defects and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I, I will tell you that not one of these reform programs ever had the goal of slowing down the process or, or getting things with less quality. So they've always been improvements. So, mm-hmm. so the, I think that the takeaway that, that we have to have is that uh, we've always want to find ourselves. It, it, it's good to again understand that where we've been. Like I said, know where you're going. So, you you know what the so so it's okay. And let's, let's talk about a moment, what's happening now. So, what's different about today? Well, I, I think there are some differences, and I, I think one of them is that it's it's the AQ, again, it's, it's, it's at a higher level. I mean, it's, 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 the support is from the president on down. Right. We're gonna do things quicker. We're gonna eliminate as many rules and regulations as we can that aren't in statute, right. which is good because now if we could just slow down Congress from, from passing laws, that affect us that would make our lives easier. Uh, but again, the, what I see as far as it makes this one a little different is the, the ability to use some of these different acquisition authorities uh, that have come down, you know, like the other transactions and, and the 804 author- authorization, which hopefully will speed up that process, because we have gotten really to lag in being able to, from time to requirements identified, to fielding that, right. that that system. Now, if this works, and I really feel uh, optimistic that this is going to be a, you know, different from some of the other ones, in fact, it's focus on that process and, and really a lot of push, a lot of top cover. Uh, so I think that it, that it's this one will. This one will be good. And I, I guess, I, you know, I, I guess it's again. It just goes into the fact that okay, we've always talked about streamlining, and I said our, it's consistent with our, our message that we've had as far as the from the source selection perspective, field support team. But now we have additional support to do that streamlining. Right. So so take those, you know, take those lessons from the past. You know, the the failures have been to really to, con- to consistently follow through and to then take just part of the message like. Speed is important, okay, let's just do it fast. Right. And again, that's where speed will kill you. If you take the speed with the discipline, you take the speed with the quality, right. you take advantage of those, author- those authorities we have, um, then the product we have, we'll we should have, we'll have those more successes because the, the, the big issue is we'll, we'll do well in, until, or, or say unless, and hopefully it doesn't happen, we have one big failure. And then the problem is we'll overreact. We'll 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 start saying oh let's just stop everything and, and it's not so important to understand where we're going, understand develop that process that plan to execute it properly and then get it on contract and have a successful program because we really do need to do a, you know better job of getting that this uh, successful programs.
0: So so this will be the, like the last question that I ask kind of wrap it up but um, I would say with 44 years of service you probably don't have to be here so. So what is what is it that you enjoy about your job, or what's your favorite part? You keep throwing in that 44 <laughs> years. I mean, I'm, that's I'm awesome. Feel, I, <laughs> I'm feeling old. you well, experienced. Yeah, I
1: started when I was 12. <laughs> that's, that's right. I, so uh, you know what I really enjoy, uh, honestly, is is being able to 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 really work with the directly work with the the individuals and the teams as they're going through this process. I mean. I really like to help them because I, 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 we bring to the table, get that experience to, to apply. But, but it's just that, that I, the other thing I like is that, that I, every time I work with the team, I feel like I, I try to learn something. So it's important. And I, and I typically do. I will always learn something new. And I get encouraged by the, the exuberance and the enthusiasm. But I never want to try to tamper that down. But sometimes you have to inject a little bit of realism into it. Say, hey, think about this, look at this. But I really just enjoy uh, uh, working with, with, the, with the teams for wherever. And, and again, you see, I'm able, in this position, I'm able to see things I really didn't see in my career as a, as a negotiator, as a PCO here, because uh, for example, I, I was out, I was able to, I did a training at, at USAFE last spring, and I worked with some folks at lodges, Air Force Base and Azores. And their, their big program was a construction contract on the base. Uh, for a three hundred thousand dollar building, I think it was. So it was, it was one of their largest building projects. But to them, it was everything. Right. You know, some of the things we look at was nothing. But but I'm looking at some of the issues they have. Uh, first of all, okay, I'm not haven't done a lot of construction. But 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 there we have construction on an island in the middle of the Atlantic, where some of the bidders are coming from Portugal, and they're trying to. They have issues like how they get material. How do they how do they operate within the local uh, law, rules and regulations the laws of the islands so like this is pretty cool I mean right. this is really some interesting stuff it's so I, I I'm exposed to things that, that i I've never seen and just frankly it just it's still exciting it's still it's still it, I like to do it I like to be able to help i don't I like to be able to you know again push my knowledge down and kind of give back i guess after after this time and and, and still be involved in, in a way with the with the program so
0: well, Brian, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast today. I thought it was a very interesting conversation.
1: I appreciate you uh, inviting me to it. And uh, again, I just want to put an ad in for our, the AQC Fuel support team and, and get the message out to, to the folks that we are there to, to assist them. Please don't, uh, you know, I remember when I was a young buyer, I, I would probably was be too afraid to call someone from, from you know, SAF, uh, but we're here to help and, and we're available. So please, you know, reach out and touch us. Great. Thank you. Thank you.
0: If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.